Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. And uh, Dave, you know, technically this is our last show of the season, eh? It is, it is, and how fast that went. Yeah, because, you know, summer's over in two days, so next week is going to be autumn. So it'll be the first show of the season for autumn. Because, you know, we don't actually don't have, like, seasons on Webmaster Radio. I thought that was funny. It was <laughs> funny, isn't it? Yeah, you know. Oh, it sucks to do live radio for that, doesn't it? It's like you think something is awesome, and then I know. <laughs> like, well, oh, you know didn't what? go off quite as well. I could have gone with this one. We don't need no sticking disclaimers. Do you hear how the like, commercial <laughs> just stepped all over the disclaimer at the beginning of the show? I love when that happens because, like, you perfect. Know, that means the rates are off. We, do anything we can want. now say anything, and it's all on Darren Brandy and Brasco. It's their fault. Absolutely, 100% Darren's fault. We're going to say whatever it is we're going to say. Yeah. Okay. We don't know it yet, but... Yeah, we have no idea. I'm sure. I have no idea what's going to come out of our... But we have a great... I do know we're going to have a fun show today. We have... Yep. Uh, later in the show, we have Michelle Simpson-Ross. She's a social uh, media director at Digital Always Media. Um, she was at SES San Francisco. She... Uh, her fingers were flying like mad as she tweeted out, I think, seven seven different sessions. She participated in one, did a whole bunch of interviews, and had a generally productive time, good and productive time there. She's coming on um, about quarter past the hour. We have a, a lot to talk about before we can get to Michelle. Um, not sure where to jump in, but, you know, Brasco, our, our producer Brasco, throws a, a question up in the uh, chat room that we have going while we're, while we're doing the show. And the question is, what happens... When you disavow thirty-five thousand links at Google, <laughs> he, uh, he went to our favorite well, uh, the Search Engine Roundtable, Barry Schwartz's blog, and um, Barry noted a post on Google Plus about a, a case study that was uh, placed by a fellow named Cyrus Shepard. He wanted to post the results of disavowing. 35,000 links that were pointing into a website. And he wrote, and I quote, on April 3rd, 2013, I disavowed every link to my website I could find through Google Webmaster Tools. It turned out to be 35,000 links. The result in traffic? Well, it was hard to say. Because actually what happened, um, on April 13th, he was seeing about 750 visitors per day, and that's the day he disavowed the links. And by, by the middle of May... He popped up to over a thousand visitors a day, <laughs> but then towards the end of May, Penguin 2.0 happened, and he started dropping like a stone. And then at the beginning of June, the disavow file was removed, and he went up a little bit, and then started dropping like a stone till we get to today, where he's seeing almost no traffic whatsoever. Now, we go again with, like, you know, um, correlation is not necessarily causality. Which was written by that guy. Okay. <laughs> Shepard. 
So there's a happy coincidence. <laughs> you know, I hadn't actually gone over to his blog yet, but I, I agree. <laughs> um, <laughs> interesting, eh? Like, this guy decided just to knock all of his links, and as it turns out, his uh, number of visits from Google, non-paid search traffic, uh, driven by Google, has gone down to almost nil. You know what I find really interesting about that is almost what, and not to get into a debate on correlation causality and, and all that sort of stuff, but to go, hey, sometimes you see something, you go, this is worth looking into further, right? So I'm not going, hey, this is the case, just to be clear, because of who we're talking about, I'm going, this is a case of going, okay, this is interesting, um, and, and something to maybe look into further is, is this a case where when you disavow, I mean, we know that Google thinks that they know a lot of stuff. Right, and, and that they, they know better than us how the web should work. Um, so is it a case of when you disavow, they basically go, okay, if any of this is on our blacklist, uh, we're not going to punish you for it, but anything that would be good, um, we're going to count because we know better than you do what's, what's good for your site. Remove that disavow, all of a sudden penalties uh, start flowing in. Right. So is it a case where it's it's and I'd love to test this where we need to relook at the way disavows work and go hey if I disavow things that would be good Google doesn't count them um, doesn't count that disavow and again I'm not saying this is the case I'm going hey food for thought based on on what he saw there um, you know what it looks like to me what's that honestly Google's a machine okay I mean we we, we got to go all the way back to like 2004. I think when Google released that 72 point patent document I'm sorry that 72 point document that you know the, the patent uh, application that basically outlined the way Google was going to keep track of websites in its index and what they yep. would be tracking okay so Google says at that point we're keeping a dossier uh, we're keeping a file on everything associated with your website including all the links that's when we as SEOs started to realize that, okay, these links actually have weight and value. And um, what happened around those domains historically also has weight and value in relation to, to the link coming into the website. Okay? Right. So you have all this information about each and every one of the links and, you know, 35,000 links. It's a lot of links and a lot of information. And suddenly... Somebody took an axe to the machine, sort of bang away at the machine where those links, where the links and that information and the way the website, his website functioned within Google's machine in relation to all that information that was being related to his website. It's all gone now, right? Yeah. And so Google the machine goes hiccup. <laughs> that's my theory. Well, that's a decent I mean, theory. I mean, what's Google supposed to do? Suddenly, everything is crazy. And now, and so they remove the disavow file, and all that information floods back in, and it has to start at zero again. Now, I'm not saying that Google necessarily has a queue. you got to start at zero. I don't know that. I have no idea. But given all the circumstances, right, that seems as likely a theory as anything else. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. It's likely a theory as anybody. And, and this is definitely one that... It's funny, you could run tests on this, and I'd love to run tests on this, but by the time my tests were run, it would be different. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, that's, that's how, this, uh, how this tends to, uh, tends to play out, unfortunately. But interesting test, food for thought. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to see that, if nothing else, it's good to know for, for those, those people, 
um, and we've probably all, I assume you have too, um, gotten a call from somebody who got hit with a penalty and did exactly what he's testing here <laughs> and just went, well, I need to disavow them all. Um, and then here, wondered why their rankings didn't pop back. Here, Here's a hint from the non-web world. If you ever go to the doctor and the doctor says, hey, I think you're, you're borderline diabetic, you don't go have a kidney removed. <laughs> That's the wrong way to react. <laughs> okay, that's that. 35,000 bloody legs. Like, that just blows my mind. Um, what else we got in the hopper? Well, since since we were, uh, since we were chatting about uh, Mr. Shepard, uh, Greg Jarbo over at Search Engine Watch, uh, your mm-hmm. friend and mine, um, published an article today based on a study done by Stone Temple Consulting. And, and wait for it, uh, Google Plus shares don't cost higher search rankings. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, based on because Mr. Shepard had published something talking about the correlation between the two, and now the newest study is, hey, no, it doesn't, um, which admittedly does match with what Matt Cutts had said, which is, no, <laughs> they don't. You know, it's, um, it's funny. I was, uh, I'm going to be on, on Search Marketing Matters, uh, Jeff Ferguson's show, sponsored by, by Jeff's company, Fang Digital, and uh, we did the tape for it yesterday. He interviewed me, and... We talked about exactly this, this exact case, you know, where um, I think this started in, in the Mazda sphere yep. when uh, somebody at Moz, uh, uh wrote a report on how uh, a plus will most certainly increase your rankings or, mm-hmm. or help lead to increased rankings. Um, Matt Cutts comes out with his video saying, yeah, no. <laughs> it's more likely that a site that gets a plus is doing all the right things, and because it's doing all the right things, um, it gets good ranking from Google. But that's not necessarily because of the plus. That's just sort of something that happened because it's doing all the right things. That was Matt's line on it. Um, uh, 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 Stone Temple, uh, Eric Eng, Enga. I can never get his last name right, but I yeah, I, I, neither can I. I can tell you, he's right about a lot of stuff. He comes back and goes, ah, you know what? As it turns out, Google knows how their machine works. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, here's the deal. Google isn't lying to us for the sake of lying to us. It doesn't work that way. Google is insanely complicated. There are possibly tens of thousands of signals that Google takes when, and, and considers when ranking a website. When talking about any one signal or even a grouping or set of signals, you can only be extremely general. You can be, I mean, Google takes this big bird eye view of stuff, right? And us as webmasters, I mean, I think I'm, respons- I think I'm responsible for less than 250 unique URLs in, in my world right now. Okay? Yep. Google, I mean, I don't think they know how many URLs they're responsible for, to be honest. Do you imagine trying to make an Excel sheet out of that? Um, (laughs) I mean, seriously. And so they got to take this big bird's eye view of everything. But, but, you know, I'm talking about my websites. So it's very personal to me. And this is where that conversation, this is where the whole conversation breaks down. We, We sometimes misunderstand what Matt's saying. Because we think he's talking on the micro, but he can't be talking on the micro. He's Google, for God's sake. He's talking on right. the macro. Um, there's a download joke in there somewhere, but I'm not going <laughs> to. 
Well, no, and I, I think, you know, you, you and I have both been in the industry long enough to have seen it. I, it's rare to catch Google in a lie. Um, yeah. Quite rare. You'll catch them clearly misleading or not telling you stuff. Security <laughs> issues, absolutely. Right. Watch my left hand while my right hand pulls a rabbit. Right? Sure. <laughs> All that sort of stuff. But they don't lie. When Matt Cutts comes out and says, no, pluses don't help your rankings, He's not saying, hey, I don't want people to abuse pluses. He's saying they don't. <laughs> so, maybe he's trying to avoid a whole other, like, you know, page rank thing. <laughs> well, a page rank doesn't really mean anything. We're going to sell it anyway. <laughs> well, I mean. Right now. That, that was kind of a, a weird scenario. And, and you know what? There, there is, you know, getting back into correlation, you could go, well, Matt Cutts must be lying because sites that rank well have, uh, have a lot of pluses, right? So it'll depend on what side of the spectrum you're on because you could argue, hey, well, sites high page rank in that green toolbar tend to rank well. Yup, they do. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, if you're a page rank nine, you're probably going to do okay. Um, is it the page rank? Not really. It's it's all the stuff that made that page rank happen. But <laughs> you know, well, it walks also, like a duck. You know damn well that Google is not ranking websites the billions of URLs in its index on a scale of one to ten. Right. It's it 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 it, it, it so can't work that way. Um, okay. <laughs> to conclude the topic, we really should move on because we have to go to commercial for a minute. Then we come back with Michelle. But um, there was a time when you know what? I bet you Google did lie to us, sort of, back in the old cat-and-mouse days, when there really was a cat-and-mouse relationship with the search engines. But, you know, I just, I just, I just really don't perceive that, that relationship anymore. Maybe that's, no, maybe that's saving up where we're at in our careers. What do you think? No, I, I think you're totally right. I think, I mean, there used to be... Well, you remember how easy it was back in, in the early 2000s, right? I mean, it was, yeah, yeah. It was easy. Um, and they didn't have enough factors, and they weren't sophisticated enough, and they hadn't dealt with us long enough um, to have the mechanisms to make it so complicated it became hard, right? I mean, they've made it so complicated now, and the penalties so severe that it just makes sense to do it right. <laughs> so um, so they, they kind of can, they, they've gone to a point where they can be more honest. They can give us more in webmaster tools. They can do all this stuff because they're sophisticated enough to deal with us. Um, you know, which, you know, they weren't back then. Give us, give us one little hint and we're just going to run with it. <laughs> and we did. I mean, I was an affiliate marketer back then. Oh, I ran with it. Um you know, and, and you got away with it. And then you get penalized, but that's okay. You got 20 other sites on the rise. <laughs> mm -hmm. That was just how it was done. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. Okay, you know what? We got time for one more, then we're going to have to go to break. And this is a cool one. I like this one a lot because it's confusing as all hell. <laughs> we're going to have to try to get through it in like two minutes or less. All um, right. There's been reports out on the web. Um, first off, they're absolutely totally true. The U.S. Congress is looking into. Um, well, cookies um, on no, for, for 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 privacy reasons. Um, everyone knows what cookies are. The subroutines that get you know injected on your website so that you can be uh, your behavior on that site and often off that site can be tracked. They're useful in e-commerce. They're useful when you're ordering a pizza, and they're useful for marketers because it gives uh, a great range of of information about what users do on the web during and after user sessions on a specific URL. Okay. So Congress says that this is a privacy problem. 
that marketers and marketing agencies are gathering too much data on Americans and on on people in general, I guess, but they're concerned with Americans. Incidentally, ain't that, you know, <laughs> who are they to point fingers? But I digress. <laughs> um, um, maybe they just don't want the competition, eh? So, Congress is talking about getting rid of cookies. I'm not sure if they have any idea what they'll do if they actually successfully get rid of cookies, but they're talking about it. Google seems to have a plan. Um, According to several uh, reports I've read, this one specifically from the Direct Marketing News, dmnews.com, written by Ryan Joe, a senior editor for DM News, Google may be giving up on cookies. Google's reportedly planning to ditch third-party cookies for an anonymous identifier for advertising called Ad ID. Um, here's the problem. I can't go a lot further with this because there's no I yet to find an explanation of had of how Ad ID works. No, and everything I read was pretty much. Um, I don't think they really do yet either. <laughs> right, like it's all at a very very. Um, low-level stage, and you know Google can't work on this alone, right? Like, this has to be something that is just just brought in as a as a technology. This is the new way. But good for Google for, for jumping the gun and trying to lead the charge. I totally get it. Great corporate decision. We know that, uh, you know, the governments are going to make this happen, so, hey, why don't we help craft the way that happens to make sure that what we need um, is still pulled out of this, Um you know, but if you if you think having a Google uh, Google profile was optional till now, <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is one of the points where I really hope the IAB, mm-hmm. or dare I say it, if Sempo feels like being a little bit activist, if Google is developing the next tool used to get analytic analytic data on what users are doing on webmasters' websites, then it would behoove industry organizations to get involved in the process. Less somebody oh, for sure. something to us without our input. Well, very much. And if they manage to pull off their own technology, what does that actually mean? If it's now a unique identifier and Google's controlling that identifier, now they see everything, far more than they were before. Every cookie that would be on my machine is now funneling through them. Um, so they'll they'll get access to a lot <laughs> privacy be damned they'll have access to way more data um, oh, than they do right now. I hope it doesn't make the their their you know buddies at the NSA jealous. <laughs> I, I'm sure. Well, and here when I first read that, I thought, oh, this ties into and a story we can't talk about uh, Google and and launching a company trying to extend life. And I was like, oh well, maybe they're <laughs> internally testing. You know, we won't eat cookies and see how this goes, but. <laughs> Afraid not. No, as a matter of fact, they'll, they'll be, uh, you know what, I don't want to get into the Google Extending Life Forever story. That's up there with, like, Google driverless cars and flying jetpacks. I want my Google jetpack. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> on that, we have to take a break here on Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. On behalf of David from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Stick around. We're coming back with Michelle Stinson-Ross. She spent a week living up in San Francisco at um, SES San Francisco. She's going to come back with a review of the conference, and she's going to tell us a secret. Well, you know what? We're going to save that until after these messages. So, friends, stay tuned. Back in a sec. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. 
the largest event in digital marketing, AdTech New York 2013, returns to the Javits Center in New York City, November 6th and 7th. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get 20% off registration by using promo code NY13WMR20. Meet over 9,000 marketing and technology professionals from all over the world. Experience two action-packed days with keynotes. Education led by digital marketing's best and brightest. Hundreds of leading-edge suppliers, non-stop networking, and so much more. Plus, AdTech New York 2013 will again feature the Startup Spotlight Series. Featuring startups with promising services and technologies for brands and marketers in the digital space vying for the coveted AdTech Innovation Award. Register right now for AdTech New York 2013 by going to na.ad-tech.com slash ny or click on the banners on the webmasterradio.fm website for 20% off your conference pass. That's na.ad-tech.com slash ny. I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link building firm based in Boise, Idaho. We increase search rankings and web traffic for world-class brands and mom-and-pop shops all around the globe. Our link building strategies work because we focus on relevancy and quality, and we don't outsource anything. Our in-house staff of professional writers and researchers is the best in the industry. We're the link builders you've been looking for. Visit us today at pageonepower.com. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authority labs.com authority labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their api to build your own tools no matter what animal labeled algorithms affect your ranking you should be using authority labs unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords what you need is authoritylabs.com Please hold while we connect you to one of the most sought-after experts in SEO, analytics, and web development. Office Hours with Vanessa Fox, on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. And I'm delighted to say we are joined in studio, rare occasion, we are joined in studio by Michelle Stinson-Ross. Uh, disclosure, Michelle Stinson-Ross works with my company, Digital Always Media, but unlike me, Michelle or Dave, Michelle was in San Francisco last week at Search and Strategies. She... Uh, well, she was everywhere. She uh, she was at a bunch of the a uh, bunch of the different sessions. She appears to have spoken with like everybody. She did interviews for Webmaster Radio. She did uh, live tweeting on the Digital Always Media blog, and she was interviewed by uh, I, I, you know what I lost count umpteen interviewers. <laughs> One of the better ones is featured at Search Engine Journal. A great conversation uh, her and editor John Rampton had on social media. And uh, Google Plus and Twitter specifically. And Michelle, welcome back to Webcology. Whew, I'm tired after all that. That was all in one <laughs> breath, too. Right? <laughs> so I'm looking at Facebook right now, and I see uh, a lovely vis- visage of you standing beside the Webmaster Radio sign right outside of our uh, Boca Raton studios. Indeed, you do. 
uh, you're sitting there right beside Brasco, um, which is a different room than uh, Dave and I are in. Dave and I are kept sequestered in uh, other rooms so that the we bunker. don't fight. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Michelle, going into break, I told listeners that you were going to share the secret. And what I meant by that, I, I, I pulled myself back because I thought, wow, that's a tease. Um, <laughs> what I meant by that was every conference, every major search marketing, social media, um, or online advertising conference has a vibe, a, uh, a subtext, a topic that's not actually on the, uh, that's not actually on the program, but everybody's talking about it anyway. And I'm curious, what was the topic of San Francisco? The topic that everyone was talking about, but wasn't necessarily on the agenda, had to have been the communication with the C-suite. Every stop in the hallway, every question asked when people got a chance to ask it was, okay, this is great. My CEO now realizes that we need to be a part of this digital conversation, but I don't know how to start to explain it to them because they just don't get it. That's an interesting one. Um, that all, that that you know that 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 gives me the impression that you know people get to a degree they get digital marketing, but they really don't get it. They understand the need for it. The industry's matured, but it's so damn complicated. Right, and this is this is certainly true of social. I mean, SEO's been around long enough that there's some maturity, there's some trust with that, but. Social hasn't been around as long as SEO, and people are still kind of trying to wrap their brains around, what the heck is this? But it's matured enough that now C-suites are realizing, uh, we got to be a part of this. I don't know what it is, but we got to be a part of this. Okay, so, you know, that's, that's what people are talking about. That's what people are saying in the hallways. And what are some of the conclusions? Like, um, after, after those conversations, do you feel better representing the concept of social media to the C-suite than you did going into them? Actually, uh, on a personal level, I do. I feel like our company in particular has committed itself to C-suite education. And that really is the theme that I kept running into over and over is C-suite education, C-suite. That's what we do. Okay. The clients um, that we want are the clients that are educated. No, I did. Dave, I really got to step back a little bit because this is, you know, like... It, <laughs> that was so not scripted, friends. <laughs> well, hey, I, I am going to jump in here. It, it um, just comes uh, out. We're, we're dealing with uh, a, a slightly, uh, traditionally speaking, there's a lot of exceptions, especially in our sector, but mm. uh, traditionally, maybe older grouping of people that you're trying to educate when they got started in business, when they built their businesses up. It was not the same thing that we're dealing with now, especially social media. I mean, SEO might have been, you know, starting at that point. But um, so so we're trying to educate people on a, on a situation that they have no context. Of. Um, how do you do that? I mean, one of, you know, I, I've always tended to go, okay, well, here's kind of what it's like in a brick and mortar environment. <laughs> like, well, you know, you know, that sort of like putting it in their context, or is there a good, fairly normal and, and quick way to sort of pull them in? short of signing them up for all this stuff and going play with it for six months and call me when you're done. <laughs> well, we could take the Adam Singer route, and this is what Singer said from the stage at SES. 
Um, they need to either retire or die and make room for new guys. <laughs> Ouch. How old's Adam, by the way? <laughs> Adam's probably in his 20s. Yeah. At least he looks like he's in his 20s. <laughs> Say that in your 40s, brother. I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I, that one was just kind of, that was the jaw dropper for me. I'm like, really? Did you just say that publicly? I tweeted that, by the way. <laughs> but I mean, a, a great question would be, is that true? I mean, uh, and it may be. I mean, I, no, I mean, it's you, certainly you not, not true. Right no, 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 no. Because social, actually, once you kind of get past the flashbang of whatever platform you're using, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn or G+, whatever it is, when you get past the tech of it all, it's as old as conversation is among human beings because at the end of the day social media is the lauded and highly sought after word of mouth marketing well and i think that's a that's a great way of of looking at, and that's the way i've always tried to you know social media i've always kind of likened to when we're dealing with those conversations you know it's like having that cold calling out on the ground sales force except they can hit a thousand people instead of one. Oh, exactly right that's that that sort of take on things and i think your 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 c-level people can wrap their brain around that now mm-hmm. <laughs> um and I, I i i would hate to think that i'm hitting that point where i have to die or retire <laughs> <laughs> There is a there is a uh, a point to be made, and uh, I'm my 45th birthday is in like two weeks. Okay, so I'm getting over that hump where you know what? There's, there's new stuff coming into our world, into our environment that confuses the living crap out of me. I mean, like really, it's it's I'm old, but I know you got to know when to step out of the way. Let your wisdom continue to help guide the company and run the company, but you got to to step back and let people who know what they're doing take over. You know, there's, there's a role for older people, in, not for older people, but for the older sea level, but they got to understand that when you're dealing with, like, new and disruptive technologies, you take a step back and you let the, you know, <laughs> let, the, let the people who understand the technology use it and you use it to what? the best advantage. There's a flip side to that coin, though. Mm-hmm. There is definitely still a segment of the business world that looks at, you know, a young kid out of college and goes, you got a Facebook? Cool. Uh, you're our new community manager. Without really knowing whether or not that person knows what they're doing. Do they understand marketing? Do they understand audience segmentation? Do they really understand the tools? And by the way, do they understand the rules of the game? I could lead into yet another story with that. Uh, And we should hit that story, I think, coming back from the next break. I I do want to touch on that story. I think it's an important one. But again, I know where you're going, Michelle. Mm -hmm. I want to hit on that in the next break. Very cool. So (laughs) the... My point here at, th- at this stage of the game is the C-suite doesn't need to, I don't know, give in to the temptation to hire some young intern to run their social media any more than they would hire a young intern to run their SEO at this point. Oh, no, 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 no. I, mean, I would never suggest that. At all. That's, that's not where I was trying to go with that. But um, you see how, for instance, I trust Bria Jordan with... Um, the Digital Always Media Google Plus profile. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, people who know me know I'm notorious for like micromanaging stuff like that. Except for one problem. 
Google Plus just came out around the same time that my brain went, oh my god, new stuff confuses me! <laughs> but I know enough to know that, you know, there's people who in my organization who understand this better than, you know, most people in the world, except perhaps the Googleites, um, who I can trust to do the job right. But, again, you're absolutely right. Uh, you don't hire some kid, you know, fresh out of school and say, here, here's a multi-billion dollar corporation, um, represent us. <laughs> and no. in, in defense of the multi-billion dollar corporations, most of them are not doing that. They've got enough sense that, hey, this is this is a worldwide brand and we're going to continue to comport ourselves as a worldwide brand. Right. Yeah, I think you, uh, the, the problem probably propagates more in businesses of... You know, 20 to 30 people, they're just trying to expand into this, you know, sort of market share or, or whatnot, where you've got C-level people, but you're just at that point where you would have that, mm-hmm. um, the the larger uh, larger audiences. And I, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think this does hit a case of just because you know more than me doesn't mean you know enough. There you go. <laughs> and, and in hitting that, like, yeah, this 20-year-old kid, and I, there's many 20-year-old kids who know a whack and could easily manage a, a you know, large social uh, campaigns, so, so not to diminish 20-year-old kids, but, um, you know, not all of them, you know, do. Would I would I drop my 14-year-old? Yeah, he knows a lot about stuff, but would I drop him in, to manage our, our Facebook page? Uh, no, none. <laughs> he just doesn't know enough. Um, so, yeah, no, it's... Now, what else did you guys... Um, I mean, that's... I, I know we're going to come back to that because apparently there's a story and I'm waiting on bated breath for the commercial only to go to that story. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'll just go. And, and what else uh, happened over at the... Uh, Do you just want to just trigger the commercial break for you guys or something? Do you want to just hit it now? <laughs> No, 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 no. I can no, hit we'll F1 on my computer minutes. right now we'll do and do it, it okay? Uh, well, well, wait a minute. We've got me in the studio. You have to realize I love the tease. So. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. We have five more minutes. I just had to cut this in there. Why she's our social manager, um, other things that came up at SES, is that is that what I'm hearing we need to go tacking toward for a moment? Yeah, we only got about five of them, so we should do it quickly. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, pay attention to mobile. That is like the big thing that came from just about every stinking session of this show. Pay attention to mobile. Google's paying attention to it. You need to pay attention to it. Okay. Now, um, if I can carry that forward, what does that mean? Um, to, to pay attention. What what should I pay attention to? Like well, you read all these sessions. What's the general consensus? What are the important points that I need as a as a go to? The important points is make sure first of all that your URL, what you're doing on the web, is mobile friendly. Whether you need a responsive site or whether you need to build some apps that work well for whatever it is you do, you need to pay attention to mobile as far as that goes. The second half of that is social is mobile, guys. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg has been telling us for a year and a half now that Facebook is a mobile company. And his comments at TechCrunch, which were which was also going on while I was in San Francisco, were even more to that point. They are investing a great deal of talent and money in developing mobile. 
So we should now. What? Let's let's look at that C level person now again. Just to circle it back, and maybe uh, we can end with this and make a great segue maybe to here. to the great story that I'm waiting for. <laughs> so we're going to that C level. How do we possibly? Okay, now we, now you've managed to convince me. Let's pretend I'm that 50 year old C level guy, but I kind of know about this Twitter thing. You've managed to convince me that yes, I need somebody to manage my my social media. Now you're telling me I need to invest another hundred thousand dollars to get our you know large site turned to mobile. Um, and and also have um, you know some appeal to my to my social media for people who are on mobile specifically and and trying to you know sort of target them. Why why is that is that important going forward? What am I going to gain from that? And, and is there even an answer yet? Uh, yes and no. There there are some answers to that because search is absolutely mobile and i'm i'm as guilty as anybody of if if i need something if i if i want to know something about it i'll grab my phone before i'll go walk over to the desk and type it into the desktop at google um search is increasingly mobile and that intimacy of being in in the palm of someone's hand right at the moment of thought oh i need is so, something that every business owner really needs to consider <laughs> so what? yeah it's like, what oh, what what better place would you want to be as a business as a marketer than in the palm of your customer's hand so what you're i guess what you're saying and, and the big advantage and i totally agree but um is having that instantaneous you have a desire you have a thought um and i am there and it is sort of that no matter where you are um, I'm ready to to serve um, to serve you that information that you want in the format you need it um, in the place that you're at at that time. Um, that's really what the the birth of, that was. At, at what I'm guessing is what the core of the message was while you were at SES. Bingo. And that's only good. That's only like common sense marketing, right? Um, you don't put an ad in France in France uh, written in Swahili. That makes no sense. <laughs> the French wouldn't be able to read it. You put it in French. Exactly. Similarly, if everybody is carrying uh, the equivalent of a, a Pentium Four in their pockets, which I'm, I'm honestly goodness, these things are powerful. These 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 mobile phone devices that we got now. Um, why not design for them? People, they're you know. This is where the web's going. We've been saying this for years, eh? And Google <laughs> is paying attention to how those mobile links perform. Guys, if, if you know, you're know you having crappy SEO performance on the mobile side, Google's going to hit you over the head with it. Sorry. <laughs> well, and that's to be expected. Again, this is where Google's users are going. Google's there to serve its users more than it's there to serve us webmasters. You know, um, <laughs> the the users are the ones who are clicking on those ads, and those ads are the ones that are giving Bill, uh, Google multi billion dollar quarters. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, I can absolutely. Um, if the users are going are going small screen device, so must designers. Indeed, and and that's where it also translate over into social because for Facebook ads, the only way I reach. Mobile Facebook users is with the newsfeed ads. All of the other ad types available on Facebook only show up on the desktop. The only way I reach a mobile user, and believe me, there are tons of Facebook users that only use it on their mobile device. They don't sit down and look at this when they're at their desktop. They're working. 
You know, it would be an interesting study. I would love to know um, how people first used a website, if they used it on a PC or used it on a mobile phone, a website like Facebook. Because um, I imagine that would become the comfort point. That was the, that would be the way they relate to that website or that application from that moment on forward. Mm. Um, okay, we got to take a break. We're uh, we're pushing forty minutes towards the hour. We'll have uh, about twelve minutes when we come back. We have a well. You know what? It's a cautionary tale to tell when we come back from this break. Uh, a bit of a tease. It's a good tale. Um, on behalf of Dave Davis from Being Stock SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Listen to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. Stick around. we got our third segment coming up after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. The Web Marketing Association is now seeking entries for the second annual International Mobile Web Award Competition, recognizing the individual and team achievements of web professionals all over the world to create and maintain outstanding mobile websites and mobile applications. Deadline for entries is September 30th, 2013. Submit your 2013 Mobile Web Award entry at www.mobile-webaward.org. Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate display media or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing. Fang Digital specializes in both paid and organic search, social media, display, and mobile advertising solutions, and is staffed by industry veterans from Google, Yahoo, and one of the industry's most influential PPC experts. Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest in digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress and build a roadmap to your success. Learn more about their expanding range of full-service strategic marketing solutions at fangdigital.com. That's F-A-N-G, digital.com. Your mission, initiate internet marketing measures. Your arsenal, the weapons of mass marketing. Weapons of mass marketing, on demand anytime inside the internet marketing channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 19th of September 2013, and you know what today is, Dave? What's that, Jim? Today is official International Talk Like a Pirate Day. Arr. Arr, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm repurposing Robert J. Sawyer's comment. I saw this up on Facebook, and it was my stupid, smart, funny thing of the day. Um, it's International Talk Like a Pirate Day. And here's Robert J. Sawyer's uh, impression. Whatever. I'm entitled. 
You know, they're all rich anyway, and besides which, it all the money just goes to the big corporations, you know? Anyway, if I like it, I'll buy the next release. <laughs> sure. Anyway, who cares? Artists create for the love, man. They don't create for the money. They should be glad I'm paying attention at all. International talk like a pirate day. Brought to you by the great of Robert J. Sawyer. That was funny. I love that. Um, sadly, this next, this next story is not so funny. This next story... Uh, caused an affiliate marketer his business and it caused a whole bunch of pain for a whole bunch of people who didn't need that kind of pain uh dave did you uh you're you're still in the studio eh yes i am okay so um this this is certainly up your alley the uh uh has a massive social media angle and uh dave you heard about facebook um permanently banning a uh online dating service uh, this week, did, 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 you, did you hear that story? I, I have heard it, yeah. Okay, well, it was actually, we did a little bit of digging and we found out that it wasn't a dating company itself, it was an affiliate marketer who represented a number of online dating companies on the website ionechat.com. This, uh, this affiliate marketer bought a number of Facebook ads and as uh, the image in the ad which appeared by text that read, Find Love in Canada, was the photograph of a 17-year-old girl named Retea Parsons who committed suicide in April of this year after two years of cyberbullying after images of her rape were distributed online. Needless to say, using Retea Parsons' image in a... uh, Facebook ad for an online dating site was not only tasteless, it's so crossed the line so far that when informed this was happening, Facebook immediately removed the ads and removed the right of iOneChat.com to ever advertise at Facebook ever again. Oh, it went further than that. They actually killed iOneChat's um, account. Completely, well, actually, they, they're not well, on Facebook at all. Indeed, oh, they're gone. They're, yeah. They are gone. Yeah, they I lost. Mean, they lost their count. They are count. And as it turns out, the affiliate marketer, a young man named um, Ann Dung, A A N H D U N G, um, he he shuttered the website ionechat.com. He's closed it. He doesn't want it up on the web anymore, and. Um, he knows he made a life-altering mistake, and he's owning up to it. And I'm, I'll, I'll give this kid credit. He's owning up to, um, again, making a life-altering mistake. And I'm going to quote him in a statement he made to a Canadian news channel, Global News. The website is no longer working because I shut it down. I feel so guilty when I think about it. I don't want to run it anymore. It's a simple site with two pages that I use to promote dating offers to make some money. I did not expect it to cause serious consequences. I feel very sorry for my, for my mistake. I am so stressed right now, so I can't talk anymore. That's the statement. The uh, three-sentence statement from affiliate marketer um, Anne Dunn. I'll credit the kid with, uh, with having made a mistake and owning up to it, um, more than a lot of people would do. But the... Uh, 
the thing that just stands out, I think, to anybody who's a professional on the web is this mistake should never have been made in the first place. And had he followed just the most basic of rules, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have happened. Agreed. Right. Um, as it turns out, Dung admits to um, scraping Google images. And as it happens, a, you know, uh, Retea Parsons was an extremely attractive young woman. She was underage, incidentally, um, age 17. And that's uh, lesson number one. Don't use random pictures scraped from Google. You have no idea who they are. If you're going to be using images in commercial advertising, for goodness sake, purchase them. Purchase them from a reputable agency who has vetted their models or create the image yourself. But don't go to Google and scrape it and pull some stranger's image and use it for whatever you're marketing. Don't do that. Absolutely. Wow. Um, There's a number of other rules that, uh, obviously, that that, that this this kid broke. Um, uh, Rules uh, around copyright and rules that Facebook states. You know, quite unequivocally in, in, in its advertising policies. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into all of them. Um, yesterday, actually, thank you, Michelle. Yesterday, Michelle researched them for me for an article I wrote that's up at the Digital Always Media blog right now. Um, and in there, there's like, you know, 14 different points that, uh, you know, we determined that this ad, this ad violated. Um, but, you know, the lesson here is if you're not positive and you're Doing a commercial venture, hire a professional, consult with a professional at the very least. At the very least. <laughs> uh, and you know what? You're right. This comes down to several different things. The first of all being he just grabbed a random image without anybody's permission to use it. Hello. Woo-hoo. Mistake number one. Yeah, that's, um, that's kind of like not you know, entirely legal in many countries, mine included. That's so not cool. <laughs> Um, especially for anything that you're using, it's not just your ads, but anything that you use on Facebook. If it's you know um, a profile image, a cover image, if you are a com- commercial venture, for Pete's sakes, spend the money and make sure that you have the right to use the image. Um, that will save you a lot of heartache, right there. Um, this. <laughs> You know, and then we get into the fact that she was underage, that this was an ad for a dating site, that again, you know, Facebook has its own commentary on, you know, rights of users. Do you have the right to use this? Do you have the right to use that? Um, yeah, by the quickly, image. Quickly, and, Michelle, did Facebook do the right thing? Absolutely, I think they did in this case. Um, that was just beyond the pale. And you know what? As an advertiser, as a business on Facebook, if you're not going to follow the rules, you're going to suffer the consequences, and the Facebook users themselves will hold you accountable to not being offensive and repugnant. Uh, In fact, um, these ads were outed by a Facebook user from Toronto who recognized the the young woman's face in the ad and immediately uh, contacted Facebook Canada who immediately contacted Facebook who, which immediately, and I think this happened in, like, in, in the span of like 10 minutes and the ads were gone. Mm-hmm. Um, the point that, I, that I, 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 I just want to hammer home again and again the internet is a professional environment it's the public space 
if you put some, if you publish something on the internet, you're basically publishing something on the wall of Times Square, except Times Square is everywhere, and uh, everyone's going to see it. It's it is a professional environment. Right. So, what are your images, your copy saying about you? And you had better know the background behind those images that you're using, and make sure that you know you haven't made a stupid, horrible, terrible mistake by using something just because you didn't know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's hard to talk about this story without getting back to the Retea Parsons image and, you know, just contemplating what happened to this young woman is, is horrible. It, it, it hurts my stomach. Um, this conversation is really hard to have, in fact, um, because because of the, the severity of um, of the transgression. And again, the kid, the, the kid, the webmaster, he didn't know he was doing it. He had no idea. He's not from Canada. He wouldn't know this was a national story in Canada and that it's you know, disturbed a, a number of people. Um, how could he know? But again, had he done the right things, he wouldn't have had the problem. Right. Well, and we can kind of tack away from this a little bit and talk about the cyberbullying issue itself because... I know as a professional and as a mom, I have teenagers at home that have access to social media. I, I feel incredibly responsible to make sure that my children are responsible online. And um, the whole issue of cyberbullying is really kind of coming to the forefront and becoming a hot button issue for me personally. So much so that I would definitely be ready to write, speak, whatever I need to do to help inform parents and students this, number one, this isn't cool. Number two, this is going to affect your life far beyond just the bullying incident. As a professional looking to hire people to run a social media campaign, if you don't think I'm going to check your past, <laughs> oh, you better think twice. <laughs> okay, we, we're, we're down to uh, our last uh, 60 seconds. Dave, uh, you, you, you've been quiet over there for the last few minutes. Oh, well, well. I have. I mean, you guys were doing a doing a great job carrying that part, and I certainly couldn't carry anything. And it's hardly a, a light-hearted um, subject yeah. to go off on tangents on. Um, so, and you know, as as a parent, I yeah, I understand where Michelle's coming from on that one. So, um, yeah, I, I'm gonna thanks thanks for taking us out on that note. We should have covered that earlier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, know, you know what? We should probably do a segment or a show in the future on uh, you know. Uh, parental guidance in uh, and, and protecting kids in the social media. We certainly can't today because we're down to our last 10 seconds, and I'm going to use those 10 seconds to say, Michelle, thank you so much for spending time with us on, uh, on Webcology. I wish we, we could have talked a little bit more about the uh, the conference itself and some of the some of the sessions that were there, but that's all. I love the conversations. Anyway, that's all. Uh, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEOs, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've listened to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Friends, stick around. we got more great stuff coming up on the network after the news. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream 
at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of webmasterradio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited.